0: prayer in our praying during difficulty and then um, we went through the last opportunity we had last Wednesday night in Psalm 143 and we asked you for attributes of God that we see or things that are brought out about God in this chapter and so we encourage you to get a praise list. You know when we have difficulties and pray uh, it shouldn't just be a matter of, God, give me this, and God, do this, and God, answer this, and God, work in this way, and God, I need you here. It should be, um, God, you're a faithful God, and I am so thankful. And, and really, the truth is, what should drive our praying is not so much our need, I don't mean that as unimportant, but the God behind the need, and the God who can meet the need and the attributes of our God. And so we should have a praise list. So part of our praying in difficulty should be uh, praise for who God is and the fact that because God is faithful, we can count on Him to do the things that are right. Now, what's interesting as we read through Psalm 143 this time is we want to look for um, not just a prayer list, or we already saw that, or a praise list, but we want to find a practice list. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, um, we're going to find that there are a number of characteristics about the psalmist, some things that he expresses about himself that really tell us what's necessary in our lives if we want God to work in the midst of our difficulty. Sometimes we can come to God and we can say, God, I need you to do this, but we're not what God wants us to be. And there's a number of qualities we'll find in David's life, and I want you to be thinking about those things As we read now, we won't find it really until about the middle of the chapter, but he starts to talk about his own self and some of the characteristics in his own life that I believe uh, are are challenging to us about our practice. If you want it, if you want the point number three in the outline to be the attitudes or actions needed by God's child, the attitudes or actions, in other words, a practice list. What do I need to be doing? What does my attitude need to be? If I want God to work on my behalf, it's not just coming to God in prayer and saying, here are my requests. It's not just praising God for who He is, but it's also being what God would have me to be. My attitudes or actions that are needed. My practice list, if you will. So let's pray and ask God to direct us. Let's read Psalm 143 and then we'll ask Him to give us understanding. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all thy works, I muse on the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land, Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit healeth, hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust." Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul For I am thy servant. Let's pray Father, help us as we look at the attributes, the characteristics of David's life. And as uh, they give us guidance in our own actions in the midst of difficulty, help us to learn from him. And may our lives uh, reflect, as his did, a a close, deep relationship with God. And as a result, may we find... Great hope and help and strength to face difficulties and work. And I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what are some of the actions or attitudes? What's my practice list that you saw? What are some of the characteristics the psalmist mentions about his life that? Uh, would be good to have if we're going to come to God in prayer. Yes, sir. Okay, meditate on his works. Uh, All right, that would would be good. Meditation. Pondering, taking some time to think through. All right. But uh, we're looking at his character qualities as well, his own life. All right. So one of the things he wants to do would be to meditate. That's true. And maybe we'll we'll kind of explain it a little differently. Anyone else? Humility. Okay. Humility, absolutely, would be a characteristic. Okay, trust, certainly. In fact, he says that specifically, doesn't he? That helps. Did you have the same thing? All right. Thirsting after God. All right. Attitudes or actions. My practice list. Anyone else want to add anything to that? Okay. All right. Uh, as uh, leading um, uh, direction. Oops. All right, my chance now. So let me uh, let me share with you a number of the things that uh, that I was able to glean, and I was challenged by myself because uh, if I want God to work, I need to be the right kind of person. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't come to God when I haven't been right and pray and seek His face and uh, and ask God for grace and mercy. Aren't you thankful for that? But the truth of the matter is I should be living in such a way that I can come boldly to the throne of grace. That's That should be the, the longing of my heart. So what kind of attitudes or actions? First, I put down, and I start really in verse 6, would be dependence Dependence. I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsts after thee as a thirsty lamb. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. When it comes to trouble, there needs to be a realization. I'm dependent. I need God. That seems to be the picture here. And he's stretching forth his hands because it's Lord, it's not me. I can't do anything about my situation. I can't change this. I mean, if he's in the cave, as we've seen on some of these Psalms, you know, so what am I going to do? God, I'm just—I I am totally dependent upon you. I need you. The psalmist has come to the realization: I'm not up to the challenge. By the way, haven't you felt that way in some of your difficulties in life? I'm not up to the challenge. Quite honestly, I'm—I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel. I can't make it. I can't do it. I can't take another day of this. You ever—you ever been there? I mean, if this doesn't end soon, man. So dependence on God. Lord, I need you. The psalmist uh, said pretty much the same truth in Psalm 88 and verse 9. And there he worded it this way. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee; I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Uh, You know, this is a very vivid. Verse 6 is very vivid vivid word picture. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. Don't you see someone desperate? Please help. You have been been there? Dependence. Um, I, I can almost see him or or maybe outstretched hand. You know, just take my hand, Lord, please, I need, I need you. And may we have that kind of dependence on God in our trouble. Um I don't know about you, but I found that a lot of times in life, I try to solve my own problems, and then I get in trouble. And then it's like it gets worse. And then finally I realize I need God. When the truth is I should start that way. I need God. Um, we have a lot of independent people in our church. That's not a bad thing, by the way. Uh, th- that's a good thing. Um, there are people that are dependent, you know, uh, people who who uh, actually will do nothing because they want everyone to do everything for them. Uh, we have people like that that come in and beg. Uh, you, you, I've been here 18 years, uh, and I could. there's probably three or four different people that have either called the church numerous times over the years or have come by the church numerous times over the years. And you know, after a while, you start to say, take care of yourself. You know, get a life, get a job. You shouldn't be coming to ask, beg a church for more stuff every six months, every three months. They say, Pastor, you're just so, oh, you're so mean, you're so cruel and cold. Uh, yeah, that's true sometimes. But but the, the fact of the matter is th- there's, there's people who are too dependent, you know, too dependent in that sense. They gotta take responsibility for themselves. Get out and get a job. If you can if you can drive around and, and beg for someone to give you money, you can get you can drive and you can find a job and work somewhere and make it and earn it. In most cases. All right, that was free. But the 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 point I'm making is the Some of those people, at least, they do realize, hey, look, I can't. And there are times I can't do it on my own. Being independent is fine in the sense that you're taking responsibility for yourself. But when you are independent of God, you're in trouble. And the psalmist many times just gives us this picture. God, you, you know. And it's not, I, I've tried everything I'm own, and now I'm at the bottom of the barrel. It's, it's really, God, it's right at the start. I need you. I'm dependent upon you. Um, and, and that is that is an attitude. That is a, a an action. That's an attitude that I need to have. God, I am dependent upon you. Um, and may we have that heart of the psalmist here. Um, I stretch forth my hands underneath. God, if someone pulls me out of the mire, it's because you did it. If if someone if someone does something to be a help, it's because you worked in their heart. God, I'm dependent upon you. Second thing, and uh, and this is powerful. It was mentioned just a few moments ago. Um, I, I put the word desire. Desire. During the liberation of Palestine in World War II, there was a combined force of British, Australian, and New Zealand soldiers that w- were. Pursuing the Turks as they retreated from the desert. As the Allied troops moved northward uh, past Beersheba, they began to outdistance their water carrying camel train. Now, that's not good when you're in the desert. In fact, that's pretty serious when you're in the desert. When the water ran out, their mouths got dry, their heads ached, they became dizzy and faint, their eyes became bloodshot. Their lips swelled and turned purple. Mirages became common as they were chasing the enemy. They knew that if they didn't make the wells of Shariah, I think that's how you pronounce it, if they didn't make the wells by nightfall, thousands of them would die. Hundreds already had. They were literally fighting for their lives. They managed to drive the Turks from Sharia. And as the water was distributed from great stone cisterns there, the more able-bodied soldiers had to stand at attention and wait for the wounded and those who were going to be taking guard to watch and sentries to drink first. It was four hours before many of those men or the last man had his drink. During that time, the men stood no more than 20 feet from thousands of gallons of water to drink, of which had been their consuming passion for many agonizing days. One of the officers present reported and said these words I said, I believe, he said, I believe that we all learned our first real Bible lesson on the march from Beersheba to Shariah Wells. He said, if such were our thirst for God, for righteousness, and for his will in our lives, a consuming, all-embracing, preoccupying desire, how rich in the fruit of the Spirit would we be? I doubt you'd ever hear any military guy speak like that today. But But he described something that probably most of us could never really comprehend so we haven't gotten that far in thirst but here's the question do you thirst for god do you long for him let me tell you that's that's a challenging thought even when you're not going through trials do you really thirst after god that you so badly want him My soul thirsteth after Thee as a thirsty land. What What does a thirsty land do when the rain comes? Just oh man, more. And uh, and that's the kind of desire the psalmist expressed. Let me tell you, that's the kind of desire that brings that brings uh, answers to prayer. Uh, God, God delights in people who thirst after him. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? O God, thou art my God, Psalm 63, 1 says, Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know the psalmist. The psalmist obviously had this as a prayer of his heart because in Psalm 84 we see it again. A, a, what a fourth time, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh, crieth out for the living God. Look, that's the kind of man who receives answers from God and, and has God work on his behalf. So dependence, God, I need you. Desire, God, I thirst after you. That's what I long for. Um, look at the thing we see found in verse 8, and it's the word was actually given because it's found there. Trust, trust. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Literally means to hide for refuge, and that's not H-I, it's H-I-E. I've had to explain this before because um, when I read the definition, it's like, what does the word hide mean? It's H-I-E. It doesn't mean hide, okay? Um, But it, it does mean something. It means to literally to move quickly to make haste. To hide for refuge is to run to a place for security. Trust. Okay, I know where I can get help. So that's where I'm going. If you were in a bad storm, you saw a tornado coming, and you knew there was a shelter that was maybe a hundred yards away. Well, okay, a hundred feet away. <laughs> For those of us who aren't in any kind of shape to run, six miles away. Okay. For those who are in better shape. Okay. Um, whatever might be the case, you know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be you're you're going to be you're getting there as fast as you possibly can. Um, seriously, the, the, all these words have given us a picture of far more than just okay. I need to talk to the Lord about. This. I mean, I'm just running because I know where the answer is. I know where my hope is. I know where my help is. And I know where the shelter is. That's where I'm going. I'm going to run and I'm going to get there as fast as I can. And that should be our prayer. That, by the way, should direct our praying. It should be when problems come, our first response is, man, I'm making a beeline to God. Because that's where my help is. That's where my hope is. That's where my answers are. I'm trusting. I'm quickly running to God for refuge. Here I am, Lord. Uh, again, challenging, isn't it? Do you really trust God? Do you see Him as a shelter in the time of storm? Um, how do you know if you can, if you trust Him? Um, what you do when trouble comes? If you first try to solve it on your own, then trust. God. Um, if you pray, but then you get up and you're still worried and controlled by your circumstances and you're not really trusting, you haven't run to him for refuge. If you find in one of your first responses to any trouble is prayer and then you leave it with him and it relieves your fears and it brings maybe a calming relief, then you can be pretty confident you've, you're trusting. Really, quite honestly, what happens when the first sign of trouble comes uh, indicates, in a great measure, how much you trust. So, what do you do? Uh, in verse eight, it's not just trust, but look at what he says at the end of that verse. And um, uh, no, no, no one necessarily mentioned it exactly this way. But he said, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Um, I put the word um, obedience here. Obedience. Now, there are two things to mention from our text. The first is that he was seeking God's will, but he was seeking God's way in the storm. Look in verse 10. Teach me to do thy will. I want to know your will, God, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. I want to do right. So what way do I go? So there's an attitude of obedience. God, you show me and I'll take the next step. You give me direction as to the path I need to take right now and I will go. Now, I'd say this. Obedience should be going already. But there needs to be a heart and attitude when the problem comes and says, Okay, God, teach me. Show me. Uh, If any of you lack wisdom, James chapter 1 basically says the same thing. Let him ask of God. Okay, God, I need to know what to do, and I will follow. Here I am. Just tell me. Show me. Give me some direction for my life right now. I want to know your will. I don't know what you have planned in this. I'd like you to remove it, but God, whatever you have, just show me your will. I'll follow it. Show me your plan. Show me your desire. Show me the step I should take next. And God, I will take that step. Obedience. Verse eight and verse ten. You have probably known people who, in a time of testing, stop going to church, stop reading their Bible, stop doing the things that are right, and that's the last thing that should happen. You know, when the you know the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, uh, the truth is, you should be already going, but. Um, if you haven't been, there's no better time than the present to say, God, show me your will. Teach me your path. I'll follow. Obedience. And then the the last, and certainly probably not all that could be uh, dug out of this passage, but uh, the word given was humility, but I, I put the word submission. Submission. Um verse 2 kind of gives a little bit of that picture. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. But I, I, I see the submission not in, as, as much in the verse as in one word. Enter not into judgment with thy... I'm your servant. Lord, I... I'm yours. Look in verse 12. We come to the end of this this chapter. What's the last thing he says? God, get me out of my problem. No. How does he end? Right I'm your servant. Whatever you have for me. The reason he could ask God to take vengeance on eva-doers is because he was a servant of God. The reason he could ask God to direct his steps is because he was a servant of God. Um, you know, the, the word means a slave, a bond slave, one who is controlled by or, or, or completely under the absolute authority of another. And, and that needs to be my heart. And, and listen, that that person has power with God. I want that. I want that in trouble. I want that all the time. And quite and honestly, honestly this, is a, this is a challenging message for any time of your life, to just examine yourself and see where you're at. But the psalmist expresses in many different ways his, either his attitude or his actions. And, and it's no wonder he saw God work in mar- marvelous ways and miraculous ways. Because he was someone who had power with God, because he was the right kind of person doing the right kind of things, and may um, may these things help help us and direct us in our lives. You know, powerful praying. Ask God for answers. Has specific plan and, and truths. Powerful praying talks about the character of God and meditates on who God is and what God has done and, and praises God for those things. Powerful praying comes from a servant who's what he ought to be and doing what he ought and living the way he ought. Um, that's uh, that's the guy who who sees God in a wonderful way. And may you and I experience it. See, that's the thing. You know what's, what's so good about this is that we can experience this. We can know this, as the psalmist did. Father, thanks for your work. Thanks for the, um, the, the, both the challenge of this chapter and the encouragement of it. And and Father, I, I pray that you would um, that you would help us, each individual in this room, to be the kind of person. Our practice, our life, our direction, our attitude, the kind of person like the psalmist who can come boldly to the throne of grace because we're what we ought to be. And Father, if we're not, may our desire be to, to change our lives and to get your will and follow your steps so that we might have great power and see the great blessing of God. In difficulty and just throughout every daily daily life. And I'll thank you, Lord God, for what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You're the kind of person he wants you to be in difficulty.